0: Hello, you should have come with me. I'm your host Kip, and with me, is Steph. Hey, Steph, how's it going?
1: Hey, Kip, how are you today?
0: Pretty good. Uh, can't talk for some reason. How about you? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, same. Getting over a cold. Have to apologize to you and anyone who's listening in advance. I definitely sound like I've been speaking into a sewer for the past week. So, trying my best here.
0: <laughs> what could you be speaking into that sewer for? Is it? Pennywise situation like oh like can you come back up I need some more spiders
1: I was actually talking to the Ninja Turtles and I was asking them to go to work for me because I didn't feel like going to work because I lost my voice but thank you for your sensitivity during this difficult time
0: I think the Ninja Turtles like what work could they do for you like what jobs do they tend to have like Raphael is like a flasher we know because he goes to like poured movie theaters in that like big trench coat In the 90s,
1: Calabria,
0: Donatello's tech support on the phone, probably Michelangelo party drugs. I think
1: definitely Rufy's
0: Oh, damn.
1: I'm hey, there was no other reason for a female reporter to be hanging around them that uh, enthusiastically unless he had the good drugs.
0: Rufy's isn't a good drug. Like, no one's like, oh, I'm taking met. these roofies and like loving it. Just passing out. Just, uh. They're not like wrestlers from 1993 taking somas and passing out before they get to their room.
1: Remind me to tell you about my ex one time when we're off air.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Here's some party roofies. They're great. They just like. <laughs> like, that's a real thing. Like, I can't imagine the fun there, but like.
1: And no, I can't explain the logic either, but she was really into him, and I would just be like, "Okay, you take a nap on the couch. I don't know what to do in this situation right now,
0: okay, that's like some wine mom behavior at that point but, you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> no, mommy's special fruit juice. it just happens to be lined with xanax. It's fine, everybody's fine,
0: okay, xanax, that's a slightly different story that's like. A thing people do for the like
1: No, the pain I take that occasionally. I'm saying my ex literally loved Roofies and I didn't know how to handle it.
0: <laughs> Roofy, yo, Roofy, yo. Hey. Uh yeah. I, 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 hey, um We're way off track here. Somebody no, we're on track him. here. But um <laughs> if you <laughs> like roofies please like subscribe uh and tell your friends Hit the bell m- yeah.
1: maybe maybe i don't
0: i don't even know anymore if you go over to uh com slash merch there are a lot of different cups and a lot of them have covers. so if you want to keep on track for the day you, you can do that just uh watch your drink apparently
1: yeah and don't ever accept drinks from strangers people
0: yeah or loved ones
1: what happened oh god <laughs>
0: To bring us back on track. Um, have you seen that Ninja Turtles Porto like music video that went around a couple of years ago? Because that was really good. That was like really funny.
1: I can't say that I have and
0: because really of that,
1: I'm going to ask you to send me the link when we're done here because now I feel like I'm missing something out of my life for having not seen that.
0: I feel like I'm a soldier all of a sudden because the fact that you didn't know what I meant means like I have to go back in the trenches for this but like There was like a very preponderance of green duct tape schlongs that like had a bit of like a, the best way to put it is like a very, it was not a natural look. There was no practicality to like what was going on. It was just like so ridiculous that it broke the boundaries. That's all I will say.
1: This may or may not be related, but the last time I was on mic with my, um, my co-host on my other podcast, she told me to ask you what mukbang
0: was. Okay. Um.
1: Is this something we should say for another episode? Because she kind of made it sound like I would be doing something mischievous by asking you that. She had that little giggle when she said it, but I, I didn't it up at at the um because I wanted to be honest in my asking okay.
0: you. So mukbang is like cuck holding but for oh. food. And by that oh. I mean mukbang is just like when people live stream themselves like eating very elaborate meals and like I guess it's like a little bit of like ASMR stuff and like YouTube stuff. Like it's one of those things like it's not sexual but it kind of is for For some some people
1: people it probably is yeah
0: it's on a mainstream platform but there's a a split in the audience towards like masturbation and like the same way you might enjoy like watching somebody build really like elaborate like lego stuff so it's like half lego half masturbation Uh, that's my new campaign slogan actually um for like 2024. like half lego half masturbation
1: I I I would vote for you one hundred percent. And also, vans. You didn't think I would ask him, and I did. So there you go. Like, since I know you'll be listening to this,
0: like I don't think mukbangs that like inherently a bad thing. Like unless I'm like super off base, but I thought mukbang was just like sexual to some people eating, but it's not technically sexual. It's like weird stuff. Like know how like you get like those like Instagram or YouTube videos like make your super cool phone case. Stuff Mm -hmm. and it's like candy, yeah. So there's like a lot of stuff where it's like, Oh, like I have like a keyboard made of candy and I'm gonna eat this keyboard.
1: Honestly, that makes a lot of sense because it came up because we were talking about something, and I probably don't remember this because I blocked it out intentionally. But I had mentioned the concept of feeders and she hadn't heard of that before, but um as like oh is it the sexual thing? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And after I kind of explained it to her and sent her a couple of links on it, she was like, "Well, you know, I've heard how much of an expert your friend Kip is on things from listening to you guys talk. So why don't you ask him what it is?" And once again, like I said, that mischievous laugh after she said it. So I kind of had a feeling it would be something that would make me pause. And I was right. But it makes sense.
0: It's also like comes from like South Korean like YouTube and like Instagram stuff. Like so, like I guess like part of the appeal is like super tiny, well dressed, well made up people eating too much food. Like open a private tab, knowing you and your like foibles, and just Ooh. like look up like mukbang like Google search. Like there will be nothing sexual, but like you'll get a sense of the scale of what's going on. Yeah, like it's like when you see people like moving cars with a vest, except with food, really?
1: I I understand that. And I feel like I'm not going to open a private tab and look that up just for the simple fact that as I've explained to people several times after our Valentine's day episode, when I wanted to look a couple of things up, steam did not let me live it down for at least three months afterwards. And occasionally I still get ads for Hentai video games never once bought one, but they are convinced that one of these days they're going to wear me down and I'm going to buy a uh, super schoolgirl orgy three now
0: in HD. I have to assume like the gameplay is not great on that. Like, what happens if like you have like an Assassin's Creed style face situation where like their faces get all messed up? <laughs> like, that's going to be bad. Or uh,
1: like you go to put the moves on one and she like falls through the ground because the uh, gameplay just glitches so badly and then you have nightmares for the rest of your adult life
0: yeah uh, I have a thing with mukbang open and like just looking at it I'm like feeling upset because like I I definitely get the sense that like there's maybe some disordered eating or other issues associated with consuming that much food in the first place yeah. so yeah.
1: I'd have to imagine
0: that's not good. I want these people to have teeth in five years, R- regardless. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's why we're here to talk about Commander or Hibiki.
1: <laughs> 100%. It, and if you couldn't tell by that intro, were you not paying attention?
0: Yeah, just having a little casual book club, like we got in the Rosé, we got in the White Zivedel we got in the roofies real quick, and now we're about to talk about holes that classic novel
1: yeah and that's what happens when you mix all those things together
0: Noah's name is armpit because he got stung by a scorpion in the armpit not because he smells damn good book
1: damn. It fantastic really 10 10 10 bestseller list
0: yellow spotted lizards uh, pff, no good dirty rotten steel grandfather <laughs> <coughs> uh but yeah so um for the summer we are doing this whole book club kind of thing looking at common writer hibiki piece by piece arc by arc and for this week this is part two of our seven part look at the series there'll be some outside material for stuff like the movie and what have you but um for right now um last time looked at episodes one through eight this time at episodes nine through fifteen what were your feelings steph as we kind of like at the end of like part one, like, how are you feeling about like this show and like our whole like endeavor? I guess, you know,
1: I feel like, uh, I mean, as is the case with most series, I'm this definitely isn't a slam on Hibiki, but I feel like the first part of it that we watched, things kind of had this uh slow burn mm. as they built the story up and kind of like how the world works with the um the heroes and the monsters and and kind of like establishing the uh the scenery and everything and then with these next several that we watched it everything came a lot quicker like the action mm-hmm. the storyline like everything started really progressing in a really uh like definitive way and it, Kind of like it had gotten to the point where it told you, okay, this is what the world is, this is what the rules are, and now here is everything all at once. And I don't mean that in like an overwhelming way or like it was hard to follow, but definitely like the action picked up, the the relationships picked up, like everything is very much moving in like an action story way
0: now. It's a very lean show
1: yeah and it's it's very enjoyable to see honestly because now you're kind of seeing things happening in a much more realistic version of like real time
0: and i think too like it still feels like a bit of a slow burn like even as we learn more because like we're basically seeing like logic that we finally know being messed with and seeing how things are more than what they seem slowly and like it feels like it's doing so much with the like time frame of the show and like the fact that it has like the whole year that like a lot of shows don't do that much with i'm like i'm really like interested in that part of it i guess too
1: yeah definitely and i think what really makes it is even if you didn't have as many like fighting sequences and like these kind of almost calls to action the um character reactions to everyday news and kind of like pulling all these things together and trying to figure out the pattern is almost enough on its own to be an entire episode just kind of the way that they take these deep dives into everything and try to be really analytical about their approach and their reactions to each other and their individual relationships it's really enjoyable to watch because you know it can be like a uh What 23 minute episode, and you can feel like you've been watching it for an hour for the amount of information that you get and for the amount of understanding between the characters that you get. And that's always fun to see in any show, but especially in this one.
0: This show is a big blind spot for me that, like, I basically only know what people say about it, but also, like, a lot of people haven't seen it. And there's like the issue, too, where, like, I've definitely been critical about the way that the fandom at large processes information, especially on like some older material. Mm-hmm. So I've just felt like super like, Oh, this was kind of the perfect candidate to look at as a show. Cause it's just doing so much differently. And it, like it's its own show while also feeling in line with like other shows, like comrade or Cougar, like I'm like Fives and that kind of stuff. It's very like, interesting the way it can do that kind of stuff like where it could fit into this period of time. while also just like being so confident in its own direction.
1: Right. And I can see that. And I think that, um, you know, as I've pointed out before, I haven't watched the common writers except for this one in Kuga. Um, but one of the things that I've enjoyed about both of these series is something that is the same in both of them. And that's the fact that you could, almost look at either one of them and not exactly be able to tell the time period they took place in. And I really like that because you can see like some of the modern conveniences that they deal with, like their, you know, their cell phones and, you know, chatting on computers occasionally and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's very much them being reliant on, you know, speaking with other people and, and looking at patterns within books and, you know, just, just, all these other forms of communication that you have outside of the internet and all the these, these chaotic ways that we communicate now. Um so it it lends itself to you kind of being in your own imagination while you watch it and figuring out for yourself like what your comfort place is with where this is happening and how things are going on. And um, I think that that points to the fact that um, it's kind of pointing out that some values, no matter what time period you're in, remain the same, like, within these uh, personal relationships.
0: And I think, like, there is, like, kind of a um, liminal, like, space, like, dream logic, too, that comes from just, like, this time period in general. Because, like, there are, like, you said, like, all these, like, modern conveniences, but also they aren't reliable. Like, you don't know if you're going to have charge on your phone, if your phone will reach. Like, you don't know, like, this or that and that. Like, it's, like, very easy at this point to, like, we haven't yet, like, come to the thing for, like, horror movies, like, where it's like, oh, how do you solve, like, the problem of, like, of, of, like, cell phones? Where it's like, oh, well, there are cell phones, but they aren't reliable yet. Like, things haven't begun to, like, outstrip certain kinds of, like, aspects of life. Mm -hmm. like they kind of have now too like it's still like oh like there's a lot that's going to be in books like there's a lot of time you're going to spend like away from screens like even like at the grocery store you're not going to see like a like ad on like a screen probably like in the same way like you know
1: right yeah and that's one of the things that um is another thing that is uh kind of uh both within hibiki and kuga is the fact that um Because you're dealing with these writers who are very prone to going off into the mountains and fighting something. Yeah, they could have the newest iPhone and the newest Android, but there's no towers up there, so it doesn't matter. Like, once they are, um, you know, out in the wilderness, they're on a level playing field with whatever that monster is that they're fighting and I think that that's probably one of those things that kind of lends itself to you extending your imagination with the storyline to kind of deciding, like, where they are in what they're doing. And, you know, exactly how much technology would even afford them any kind of advantage at that point. And to me, that that makes those kind of, like, superhero moments a lot more fun because it's not them relying on the same things that we rely on now. It's quite literally having to like, get back to that natural aspect of maybe not necessarily being like a Marvel level superhero, but being one that, you know, can rely on their instincts and rely on their resources at hand.
0: Yeah. And like a lot of their problems because they aren't like just gaining new powers, like a big issue that I have with like modern writers. like I wish that like it, was able to be less toyetic, was able to, like, work without, like, that same level of, like, monetization, where I'm like, oh, like, I do like that, like, Hibiki hasn't gotten a, like, super form yet, and, like, he probably will soon, like, at some point, like, it's like also like, oh, like, he doesn't have, like, a form where he suddenly has, like, a different instrument, like, you know, it's just like, oh, like, he's, like, doing this all as himself, he's not, like, randomly getting like a new gadget just for like the like oh like this one type of like monster like I have like this like special tried it, you know?
1: Right. And that was what I was just about to say when uh you said that about his super form was just the fact that with Hibiki, the kind of uh character that he plays, he plays it very much off like that wouldn't even be something he expected. Like he would um, or not would, but he very much does look at every battle, every situation he's in, and just say, How am I going to get through this? And it it to him it isn't a matter of, you know, I expect some godlike power to suddenly be bestowed on me. You know, he's he's looking around at his environment, he's looking around at his, you know, uh, little Uh, digital animal companions he's kind of just inspecting everything around him to try and figure out you know he's like a chess player more than anything and that's a very fun aspect to see on a hero because it's definitely not something you see in a lot of different kinds of like hero shows altogether I think
0: yeah because like how often does it matter where things happen and in what order and with what preparation like that's important here and like it makes the fact that, like, this can take place anywhere, but it feels, like, very, like, lived in this world. Like, it feels like it matters that, like, this fight's happening on a hill. This fight's mm-hmm. happening near water. Like, you know, it's like, oh, like, there's very, like, tangible elements to, like, this world where it's, like, if every, like, superhero, and, like, Marvel, for example, can, like, fly, it doesn't matter where their fights are, are like, taking place. Like, that kind of thing, you know? Exactly. Small things like yeah.
1: that. Yeah, exactly. And with Hibiki, you can almost see that illustrated in, like, his training episode in our last uh, section that we watched was he was very specifically training on this part of the environment and um, Mm -hmm. utilizing everything he had around him to train within it. Um, So, you know, that also, like, adds the interesting question, like, what if you tossed him into a completely different environment? would he still be as effective or would he have like the steep learning curve? And I, I like that because it makes it to where it it forces you to remember that he's a human. He's not like Mm -hmm. a, a demigod. He is someone who has voluntarily chosen this mantle. And that adds a very empathetic aspect to everything that he goes through.
0: Yeah. Um, we should start with our like first arc which is episodes um nine and ten is it chapter what is it called chapter episode let me see really quick before i am very dumb (laughs) so volume nine is a squirming evil heart and volume 10 is the ani who stands in line so i do want to say this does like immediately start like it's a like new season or like a break in production or like we just came back from like a mid-season like finale too because it's like spring break like they mentioned like in like the opening oh i'm 15 not 14 now and like it's like we also catch like the middle of like a new hunt for like hibiki where he's like doing like new stuff now too it's like oh like this feels like maybe like the first time they've produced episodes since like the show started and they have some feedback you know
1: Mm -hmm.
0: some fashion changes now because it's like not winter anymore and like oh like here's my normal leather jacket for when it's not freezing outside you know we open with the like scene where like asumu dreams about a sheep and then it goes into space it's the weird little scene hibiki has a new power where he shoots fireballs he's like oh like this is my new style it's so great and like, it's like immediately shown off as like killing two of the parents, but also like it's super hit or miss, whether it works from like here on out. And like, I love that. It's like my new surefire thing, which kind of doesn't always work. <laughs> it's, it's really good.
1: Yeah, it's almost like a um, he's almost like a and d character that has to roll mm-hmm. every time he wants to throw a fireball. And sometimes he doesn't always roll high enough to hit. And to me, I, I loved that aspect because I, I can relate a lot of things back to D&D. So the fact that they, they had that in there, I enjoyed. Cause I was just like, man, he just, yeah. he hit below the DC on that. I don't know what to tell him.
0: I also love when a character has like a, like signature move that like doesn't always work, but they still always like pull it out. Like it's um like in like Naruto, for example, there's, um, a like recurring gag towards like the back of the series where like Naruto is like oh like I'll fight him using like frog kata which is like his frog fighting style.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic, and and I love that about characters too. And um, one of the things that um, I love about that, especially in D and is earlier we were talking about Dimension Twenty shows, and in one of their uh, newer campaigns, they have a character that plays like this um really goth emo mall kid and whenever they get into battle he's like just this one time i'm gonna go all out and sometimes it works because he rolls high enough and sometimes it doesn't but it's just just hilarious either way because every single battle he says that and i i just i always love that aspect about any type of hero or even anti-hero where even self-deprecatingly they're like yeah, this is the one thing that's gonna guaranteed to work, and you know half the time it doesn't, and that just makes it even more fun.
0: It is like even better when it's something that like works less than like his whole like fireball thing. And it's like oh, like when it like only works like one in ten times, you see it like fail seven times, and like when it goes off, you're like yeah. Straight. Exactly. Finally it finally worked.
1: How much more exciting does that make it when someone isn't like Superman, <laughs> where every single thing they do always works? I I, I love that. I love when there's like that 50 50 chance, or even like that, I don't know, 80 20 chance. <laughs> it just it makes it so much more fun and suspenseful.
0: One of the most like common places for her, like that to happen is like wrestling and like it's, um, Rick Flair has that whole thing where like he uh, would go to the top rope and like fail every time and flop, except for in 1983 and in 2005, the two times it worked. <laughs> <laughs> but like it happened every match, and like it's like, oh, that's great. Like I love that commitment to the bit, and that's like how you would be like one of the greats honestly. But like, um,
1: oh yeah, commitment to the bit to me is like 95 percent of a good story. It doesn't matter if it actually works or not. But if you're committed to it, hell yeah, I'm behind
0: you. <laughs> So um one thing to note about the show is that it had a, a troubled production. Um that's something that will come up later on in, in a bit more detail. But basically, um this wasn't originally going to be a like common writer show. They were originally going to like do something else, and then they were like, oh, like we'll make common writer, and are like make the show different, but then like it was a like dying wish of the creator of common writer to have like a show about like these people that fight monsters like using sound so like the two things got merged it was like was gonna happen but not be common rider wasn't gonna happen not become rider. it's common rider but also like something else too it's common rider and like um the show has some pains to it i think too because when it comes out people don't necessarily get it like for Mm -hmm. me and like the way like we've been talking like i think like we think it's like a really interesting show and like um but at the time it was definitely like received differently because the sh- like the other shows were definitely younger do dramas and like a lot um closer to like a certain kind of like feel um parents also complained about the show being too scary so i think um this episode nine is probably like when they first got feedback on that and that's why you don't see hibiki shooting fire from his mouth or using his like claws. And now he has like the fireball attack. Mm. So that's probably where that comes in a little bit too.
1: Honestly, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I can't, I mean, just from what we've watched up to this point, I can't really see it as something that would be complaint worthy. But of course I have been exposed to Western media my entire life. So I've seen a lot of extremes that were only vaguely veiled in like puritanical values. So I um, don't always have the best discernment for what other people would think is um, too far over the line. I think
0: part of me wants to say the camera is like weird, like that it's like technically targeted at like toys for like four year olds and like six year olds, that kind of stuff. But also like that's the, the same case of, like, Star Wars and DC and Marvel's just like, oh, there's these weird franchises that, like, people love, but also technically, oh, yeah, like, you don't see Hulk, fuck, you know, like, it's like, there's not stuff happening that wouldn't make it not fit, and, like, it's like, oh, like, there's lots of toys, so it's like in that kind of bracket of stuff, you know?
1: I, I mean, I would 95% agree with you, except for all the horror stories I've heard about the MLP community so i don't know how much moral high ground we have to stand on
0: i'd say we have none like personally (laughs) like we're just like it's a big media franchise that like it does interesting stuff and it's like for everybody but also it has to be for kids so it's like you know that kind of thing and like i have i don't want to say i have no problem with bronies i have no problem with somebody taking fandom as they want my problem is when somebody doesn't realize that like Fandom can be a personal thing and a larger thing and you need to have that line up in yourself, you know, like it's cool if you're a fan, but know that that fandom might not match the mainstream fandom and that's OK, you know?
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think um, probably where I would draw the line is you can be a fan of whatever you want and I will, you know, 100 percent defend your right to do that. Mm-hmm. You also have to realize that if you're yeah. going to choose something that is 100% directed toward minors, you need to realize that that community is minors and treat them as such. Yeah. And not enforce your rule 34 views on them oh, God. at all because then you're the one that's out of line because you have the one, you're the one that's trespassed into a community, not vice versa. Yeah.
0: And like, I'm fine if you want to say, I'm going to have a sub community that I'm a part of, but you need to like also be like, and this is never going to interact with the main community. It's like, hey, like <laughs> the people, like the people that dress up, like, who's like a Disney hot character? Uh, uh Aladdin? Sebastian Aladdin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what the
0: fuck, Kip? <laughs> he's a lobster, right? Never mind. I think
1: he's a crab. Okay, yeah. Never mind.
0: yeah, okay. So, If you you want to dress up like Aladdin, oh
1: yeah,
0: and do only fan shit, that's fine. Don't bring that into the Disney store, you know. Like just
1: exactly. (laughs) Remember that that the Disney store is for the children. That that was actually directed toward.
0: There's space for. Let's just make sure that we admonish the worst behavior.
1: Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. If you're an adult that is a fan of children's things, that is absolutely fine
0: just remember
1: you're in a children's space that's all i ask like don't be a dildo
0: yeah and don't bring a dildo don't bring a dildo yeah like be like oh here's fluttershy uh but no um so this whole episode's about asumu being upset that he misses going to a movie because he sleeps in and we have Hibiki is um, tracking down the, like, child of the two that he fought. But we also see, like, oh, like, what's this, like, um, what's going on with this Makamo that, like, Hibuki's trying to find. And there's this whole stuff where it's, like, they can't tell, like, which one it is based on what's happening. And, like, mm-hmm. you see, like, Kanaka um, and, like, her dad, like, um, um like. Really hard searching, like what's going on? Like, what could this be? Like it's not matching profiles. Like, I'm pretty sure it's like a lot going on this episode, you know?
1: Yeah, I would say that of all the episodes we watched this session, this was probably one of the um thickest in terms of like all the things that were going on. Um, one of the things that I noted while I was watching it was with um Asumo, it seemed like He really needed that day to himself. Like, I know he regretted missing the movie with his friends, but he seemed to, like, be finding so much peace in kind of doing things on his own and not having, like, the additional pressure. Um, it, It actually seemed kind of nice in some areas that he was just kind of getting out into the world by himself.
0: He also seemed very, like, adrift, though, you know?
1: Yeah, but I I think that's kind of how he seemed up until this point. Like, I I feel like that's kind of just been his character. Kind of just, like, riding the wave and trying to figure out who he is through other people. Um, And maybe that's kind of why it felt like a relief to me that he was by himself. But, you know, maybe other people might have interpreted that as, like, some loneliness or whatever.
0: But I don't know. I thought it did him some good. The big thing that does happen though is that um he sees people shoplifting and like gets hit in the face really bad and is just kind of like upset by the shoplifting and part of me was like don't be a cop
1: yeah yeah and and honestly that's something that he does continue to struggle with through several more episodes that he couldn't do anything but you know there's a part of me that wanted to be like dude you're dealing with not only more people than you, but people who are older than you. Like there wasn't anything you could safely do in that situation. And even heroes know that if there isn't something you can do safely, you need to like live to fight another day.
0: He's definitely positioned as like this, like not biblical, but like this, like pure hearted, like boy character, like in a way where like, he's so upset by the concept of shoplifting. I was like, yeah, but like, This feels like the kind of thing where, like, hopefully by the time you're 15, like, you have some conception of like, oh, this is like bad sometimes. But is it that bad? Is it like an evil in the world? (laughs) Like in the same way? Yeah, Um,
1: it's it's very much contextual. And I I feel like they almost did that intentionally to kind of point to how small his world is, that mm -hmm. this would be that big of a deal. Um, especially like against the background of what Hibiki was dealing with with the monsters um you know, and I don't know if maybe i'm I might be misinterpreting it, but um, it kind of almost seemed like that was the writer's way of like framing, okay, well, if he's upset about this injustice, just wait until later on when he has to deal with real monsters, where in reality it would be like you would look at that and then look at the monsters and be like, well, oh, they can steal a couple of cheap comic books. It's not that big of a deal.
0: I'm wondering too, if like, um, they're just trying to set up how much of a blank slate he is too. because like, if this is like a big deal, then like they can have everything be like a big deal, which is sure. Fine. um,
1: I mean, yeah, but it's also a good way to have the poor kid have serious stress issues before he's 30 if he thinks that every small thing that happens is world-ending.
0: This maybe, like, felt the most, like, oh, like, clashing with, like, the cultural expectations, maybe, too, of, like, I get that, like, stuff like shoplifting is, like, a bigger deal in, like, Japan, too, where, like, for me personally, if I saw somebody shoplifting, I probably wouldn't I'd mind my own business, <laughs> like, I just be like, oh well, this person right. probably needs it, <laughs> you know. And
1: how much of American culture is snitches get stitches? Honestly, I that's something I joke with my daughter about when she tries to, you know, tell on my wife. I don't actually mean that I'm going to give her stitches for telling on my wife. I just, you know, need to reinforce that. You know, sometimes you don't have to say shit.
0: We live in a cop culture, like it's just like, uh, yeah, let's like report everything, <laughs> like let's not all be careless. Sometimes something's not that bad, especially when you look at like the lack of support people receive, how rough it can be out there for people and like how right. bad consequences. It's just like, Oh, th- like that's why we like, why we live in a culture of like, yeah. Yeah. Justice is dumb. <laughs> like laws are bad.
1: Yeah. And don't expect justice for the most part with our set of laws, you know, just, you yeah. know, learn to, take care of yourself as much as you can because you're not really going to get any much outside support.
0: And I get that like a 2005 Japanese 15 year old probably might have a different perspective of like how cynical they were, like knowing about like massive structural issues. But yeah. um,
1: And just wait till they see the uh, outcome of the Derek Chauvin case and see how they feel about the justice system then
0: i don't even know what he would do i think that like um if you take who he is now at 15 he definitely probably would have like a rough time of the 2010s but like i'm kind of confident like come the end of it like like he'd be like a pretty progressive dude like you know like okay all right maybe people don't deserve to like go to jail for weed like (laughs) oh look i get it now okay But no, um, <laughs> one fun thing here is that, um, we get like a kind of normal case for like Hibiki where like he like is going into like underground tunnels and he fights this ant and he's like, oh, like my, like my fireball's not working and like it looks like it's kind of break bad, but it's just like a stronger than normal ant and then he kills it like normal. And then he says like, looks like he didn't train hard enough like did aunt train hard enough which like must have been like a joke that was something else entirely but they had to like translate it it's like yeah. he said it perfectly too like it was like a perfect like dad joke moment but <laughs> yeah um his things kind of going normal but we see the case that like Hibuki has and it's like oh things are going weird And um, like we like eventually see like Two couples driving?
1: Yeah, and I actually have a whole section of notes about that just because it that whole set of scenes read so much like a B-horror movie Mm -hmm. that I couldn't get over. I loved it, don't get me wrong, because I am the world's biggest fan of a good, cheesy B-movie. But I just enjoyed so much the fact that, you know, they're all... You know, obviously these young teenage kids and, you know, trying to just have a good time and they go out and they're (laughs) gonna face this monster and then they all of a sudden get these looks on their faces like, oh, maybe not. It was just such a good set of scenes. Like, the whole setup for it was
0: brilliant, I thought. Two parents look different and, like, the monster being this, like, big stone. You're like, what's going on? Things being crushed. And, like the way that like we see multiple like here's some monsters that like we know and here's some that are just like some renders or sketches and then it's like it, is it that is it that is it that and, like it's all not right and like the mounting panic like i like really like it as like a way to just like to build on from before um excuse me um the way that things are getting weird like right now like it's about to like enter into like the like cool zone where like anything can happen and not just like as far as like political stuff, but like as far as like monster stuff. And it's like, oh, <laughs> like what's this big boulder? I forget. But did um did Ibiki fight the Makamo in like episode nine or was that episode ten?
1: I think he does, and I only say that because I've got a note talking about how much I loved the gong attacks, and I have mm. to imagine that was him. Um, for some reason, I'm having a hard time recalling exactly what the fight was. Now it's been a couple of days since I watched that one. Um, but he's the one that does the gong attack, so I imagine it. It had to be him at some point.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, because they come to the like landslide, and they're like, "Wait, couldn't be either one of like the like two options." And then like we see, um, this the episode that ends with like, um the boyfriend from the shoplifters, like grabbing like a sumo and like about to hit him. And then he gets saved in episode 10 by like Ichiro, which is like a fun little moment.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, and actually one of my favorite parts of that episode um, was him on the swing and the, uh, mm-hmm. the music that was playing at the time. It just, it had such a nice like 80s synth vibe to it. I really enjoyed that.
0: At the start of the episode, is when we see, like, a Buki and, like, Akira meet the Huge Rock and be like, oh, what's going on? And that's when they call in, like, to get help from the Niyosani who happens to be Hibiki. And, yeah, it's just uh, not gonna work. He's like, this is weird. Like, I don't have, like, the right tools. Just, like, what is this? Like, I, I can't even tell. It hasn't even hatched yet. This whole mystery is great. And um, less, like, the scene where, like, they're back at the tea shop and you have like hitro like telling like Asumu that like there's malice in people's hearts it's like they're shoplifting <laughs> like <laughs> come on let's be a little more realistic
1: yeah it's definitely fun
0: i do like the way maybe this is like me giving writers too much credit but like the way across these episodes that they deal with the fact that like Akira is so present in all of this stuff makes me think like that. They knew that they were critiquing like the whole like group too. Cause they're like, Oh, like they're definitely like just putting this child in constant danger and also making her miss out on like her life. It's like, like that's like the feeling I get. Yeah.
1: And actually one of my uh, later notes as we get more into this arc Mm. is kind of the fact that I was like, why are these, a adult men so reliant on this child to take care of so many needs for them all the while telling her oh no don't rush to grow up but kind of forcing her into a position where she has to it's a very very weird dynamic that they have with her and i get it like she very much comes off as this extremely mature extremely capable person But on the other hand, if you're going to, on one hand, say that she needs to take care of her education and she needs to, like, grow and build as an adult, but on the other hand, put all these responsibilities on her but tell her she's still a child, like, it's kind of creating a very emotionally um, destructive situation for her. And it's going to be interesting to see how her character plays out through the series, I think.
0: Know how, in America, we have summer vacation so kids could work on farms yes i can't help but feel like um not to spoil too much um one thing i have seen for hippie but not for like 10 years is the movie which is like set in a different time period Mm -hmm. and i can't help but feel like um there's something going on too of like this is very much like this like Independent, like Knights Templar kind of like order, too. It's like a very nice, like, doesn't have like morals, but it's still like about like committing yourself to like a lifestyle that's going to keep you like disconnected from people. Like, it's like this weird, like, the commitment that they need and the fact that like it wears down people's like body so bad or whatever. And like, like it's like not like an official like state station thing. Like, that gap does kind of go onto the people. It's like, oh, like you're going to miss things. Like just the implication of that, like that picture where we like saw Hibiki, and like he's like the only one that's like transformed there. It's like, oh, there's definitely an implication but like what kind of life can you have? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you can have like some years in your like you see somebody that's like supporting Kanani in like um Kasumi you see like an old woman who spent her whole life supporting annie but also as far as we can tell has no family has no husband um we see the family that like the implication of like the child though being like oh and they're somehow leaving this group this like thing and like it's just like very much like makes me think of like right now watching like a lot of like clone wars from star wars too, where it's like very clear how even if they aren't aware of what they're doing with the jedi it makes all the sense in the world for what happens to them as an order. Mm -hmm. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And I understand um, to a certain extent about, uh, you know, the long-term good and how important that is and how, you know, character building that is. But on the other hand, I have this very real need to... shake people in those instances and just be like, let kids be kids. I mean, they're gonna learn how bad the world sucks soon enough. Like, teach them to be heroes after that. But, you know, let them have a few cool years before then. It kind of almost feels like she's being forced into this adult role much too soon without give being given any of the perks that come with adulthood. And that's a really lousy position to to put someone in
0: and like i think too like i'm i really am so interested to see how that breaks cuz like one spoiler that i had for this series um the reason i brought up hebigi the most is that like i like randomly saw oh like there's this really interesting arc in the show uh between a character who's trying to work at his family's small like amusement park and also become like an Ani. and that causes him a lot of stress and it's like Oh, for real? (laughs) Like that's great. Actually, (laughs) give me that. (laughs) Like, I am confident that like there's an awareness of trying to institutionalize the pain of being a like common rider, that separation, and like that is like also like why we have like a like failing order too. You know?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you.
0: No, um. Though for right now, um, things have not failed just yet because we're kind of like out of context like being given to adults that have made this commitment like even though it's like strongly like implied or said that like they were children when they first made it but hey uh but um they work together. There's this whole, like, great fight scene where they're, like, in this, like, abandoned municipal building or, like, pool hall or something. And they're fighting the two, like, rhino-themed parrots. And, like, they're very clearly, mm-hmm. like, way stronger than normal. And, like, they're each fighting one. It's like, oh, like, there's, like, a tension here. But also, like, it's our first team up. And, like, it's, like, a lot of, like, it's so great the way it's played. Because it's like, oh, like, things are mounting up. But also, like, we're seeing, like, the new standard made to handle it, too.
1: Right. Yeah. And that that was definitely exciting. I I love getting to see them team up, especially when you get to see like how different they um use the world around them in battle. That's such an interesting dynamic.
0: And it's like so small scale, but so tense because like they're fighting outside, and there's people in danger, and there's like um with like the like milky blood from the shots, and there's like this like whole situation. Like they handle it like that first fight pretty well, but even then, it's like oh, like the fact that like a two on two fight is this like tense isn't like they spent their time working up to like how they built both like the monsters and like the riders too. Like oh, like something small can matter like this.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what makes it fun with this show in particular is the fact that so far, all the um, fights that we've seen have been fairly small scale. I mean, some larger than others, but none of them have been like city shattering or anything like that. But to me, that almost makes it more exciting because you're in the space where you're not, you know, as worried about like, casualties or you know incidental damage you're literally just having to focus on nothing but the fight and all the environment around you is so wide open like it gives you these options for some really interesting like battles and using your resources and figuring out strategy like it definitely adds a whole other element to it that you don't get with a lot of shows i think
0: yeah and this like main monster like the um What's a century like it's called an Outer Roshi which means like a half rhino, half turtle. It's cool. It like it's like a very cool design. It's like immediately like, oh, how are they gonna kill this thing? Like they're fighting like crabs and stuff. This is like a rhino.
1: I called it I called it the uh unicorn turtle in my notes because you know me, I love to make up names for all the monsters. So yeah, this one was unicorn turtle.
0: And it can fly and they're like, it, well, Wait, it, what do it, we do?
1: I loved it. I loved it so much.
0: And there's just like great scene where like Hibiki like driving the bike. So like Ibuki can shoot like its eyes on its like side of its like shell. And then he doesn't stop. He just like says, jump off now. And like they didn't need to do that at all. Like he just like, all right, this is the best way to stop. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. In my notes, I put bikes before bros, bud because i felt like that was appropriate at the time i don't know why who knows what's going through my mind These shows
0: bros before rhinos the way they kill it too is like oh they couldn't have done this by themselves it's like if you shoot its eyes on its side and then blow them up and then you like drum inside the shell it's like oh wow this is like a very of it was very specific yeah. yeah,
1: and I think that's why I like these uh, battles where they all come in together anyway because they are so very specific, but, I, you know, they make it work with bringing in these other Onis to, you know, balance out mm-hmm. the storyline. It's it's a very interesting way to do it, for sure.
0: This felt like a very strong, small arc.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it felt like so much happened with this one. Yeah. And I know we, we didn't even watch as many episodes as we did for the first arc, but... It definitely felt, you know, extremely dense. Like, we went through an entire season of these characters' lives, and I know we didn't, but that's how it felt, just because there was so much happening.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, the second arc that we looked at uh, was um, episode 11, Engulfing Wall. Episode 12, Revealed Secrets. So first off, um, the, like, this, like, starts... Asimo, it's like he is like starting high school he has mm-hmm. like a big like oh it's spring and there's like leaves falling and he's late for school going on and big moment in like his lifetime you know
1: yes yes and that episode made me very much wish that I had cherry blossoms where I live because that just looked so beautiful I loved that opening
0: I would love to be around like I would love to, like, be in a non-forced way around cherry blossoms, but the part of me is like, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
1: yeah, because honestly, it'd be interesting, I feel like, for the first, like, five minutes, and then you'd be like, now what the fuck? I've already taken the pictures, I've posted all the social media things, like, now what?
0: Yeah, now I'm like, okay, do I, like, start trading? Like, what can I trade in really quick to have this whole, like, moment? Am
1: I a common rider now? Oh, <sighs> better. Start. Even
0: then, like, I would want to be like a full on like an anime, like, just like, oh, like, I'm gonna like get ready for like a sports festival or some kind of like fun like, turtle fight. I don't know. I feel like
1: if you've got the cherry blossoms and you're already halfway there, like, all you have to do is find someone older than you to take you on and tell you to wax their car or whatever, and you're, you're <laughs> gold.
0: People say that baby shoes never worn is the saddest four word sentence and like story. I think um, white guy cherry blossoms is maybe sadder actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I think we should put that up for a competition. I feel like you've got something there.
0: White guy, My Little Pony fedora is also up there. But no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the like <laughs> um, plot for like the writer stuff though is that they're getting all their records out at the shop and making new countermeasures Mm -hmm. and it's like oh yeah there's like all these weird like compartments and traps and nooks and crannies that are pulling everything out to be like hey stuff's going down like we can't just like assume that that's the only once in a hundred year thing that'll happen like shit's Mm -hmm. wild.
1: One of my favorite things about episode 15 was the um, constantly opening closing door because the note that I wrote for that was <clears throat> excuse me it's pride month come on out of the closet obviously before i knew what was behind the opening closing door but i was just like this is appropriate yeah we're in we're in june this works
0: and there's also like small things like we see like hibuki training with some new discs and then we see like a mysterious dude that has a staff that's like going around sticking that staff in the ground and doing stuff it's like oh like the fact that like we're seeing this dude is cool because we're like, oh, there's like clearly more going on, but also that it seems like nobody else knows what's going on this much. It's like, oh, huh. Like They have no idea this dude exists, you know?
1: Yeah, and I nicknamed him in my notes the Plague Doctor because that's, he looked like one of those old Plague Doctors with the masks. Um, I know he wasn't wearing a mask, but just the way he was dressed, that's how it kind of reminded me of like, Darkest Dungeon, like those type of games. So, and, you game. know, Me and my nicknames. Do you want to hear what I nicknamed the monster for this one?
0: Yes, but also, what are your thoughts on the paris Because they were very creepy to me.
1: Uh, yeah, but to me, that's kind of like old hat. They're always fucking creepy. Like, I, there isn't an episode that I've seen them in yet that I've been like, yeah, this is a perfectly really normal couple. I mean, <laughs> <they're>, they just... <laughs> They, they don't surprise me anymore just because I always expect some weird-ass shit from them. Um, but anyway, this round, I nicknamed their child the Vagina Tree Monster. Okay. Because it looked like a giant vagina coming out of a tree.
0: I have to... The Vagina Tree just kind of sounds like... Something you'd find at Lilith Fair. My immediate thought was like it's like the rebranding of like something like Oshkosh pigosh or something like that. Like, it's like some kind of like store that you like find like an outlet mall.
1: That makes sense, honestly. Or you'd find it like one of those dying malls. Yeah. Where they have like a penny like anchor store. Yeah, 100%. It's
0: like called the Vagina Tree, but it's only like, it's like, oh, it's like where you go for like your like paper products, you know?
1: Yeah. You go to the Vagina Tree because they've got a 50% off this weekend, but only this weekend. God help you if you get there on Monday at nine AM when they open, because they won't have the sale anymore. The vagina tree only has sales from Saturday to Sunday. Get your life together, Karen.
0: Oh, um, would the logo for the vagina tree like somehow be like a uterus, even though that makes no sense technically?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like one of the branches would be like a fallopian tube with the egg dropping down.
0: Okay, it's like, okay, uh, i
1: I can't wait for an hour on this one. This is gonna be this amazing. this
0: sounds like a store to me like there's something about like the name vagina tree that like it sounds like one of those stores that's like, oh, like I'm visiting Toronto, it's like, oh, what's this called? Oh, it's a fun store, probably. Oh, it's for pens, cool, like I'll like I'll get new pens at Vagina tree. I don't know,
1: yeah, I mean, you only get the best quality of vagina tree.
0: What do you think? they would be in business for
1: um I feel like kitchen appliances. Okay. That'd be like the place to go. Like, you know, back in the day they would have like um stores for uh like Kenmore and stuff like that. This would just be like you bought your appliance at like a major outlet like Sears or something and you look at the label and it's a vagina tree appliance. So couple years down the road you you'd still have it under warranty and your your vagina tree blender starts to act up so you find yourself an authorized vagina tree repair <laughs> store and you go to the vagina tree and you get your blender repaired and then you can go back to having your X looped. vagina tree
0: blender sounds like something that like in anger you called your ex that loves roofies
1: you know, see we looped this back around to the beginning. I'm very proud of us because this you know, progress. We're we're killing it here. Vagina tree progress with our vagina tree store and our X vagina
0: award. tree like progress is like when like one of the CEOs like one of the CEOs pulls like a Papa John's and they're like, Okay, we got a Shaquille O'Neal for like Vagina Tree progress. It's like our new like be more progressive initiative. I don't know
1: yeah except for vagina tree because you know obviously it's named vagina tree so they'd have to get like uh, a female spokesperson instead of Shaq so they'd be like you know what we got Ellen as not our Ellen. spokesperson so we're definitely not we got Ellen to help us on like it.
0: our race issue
1: exactly
0: <laughs> you, you know yeah, like, i don't care
1: if you're we like women and lesbians we got ellen to talk about the vagina tree she's all about the vagina tree
0: you said we were racist well she's played a blue character
1: exactly
0: you know, no one else has played a blue character a the whole cast of avatar and some of them aren't white
1: exactly you're racist <laughs> so come get your blender repair repair to vagina tree
0: <laughs> come get your blender repaired at Vagina Tree is also a very ominous statement. Like that's like a like <laughs> oh like come to fucking Vagina Tree and we'll like fuck you up, fam. Just like yeah, yeah.
1: and don't try to fuck the Vagina Tree because you don't want to know what happens.
0: Speaking of Vagina Trees, though, um, we do bear a lot of fruit this episode, as far as very like true. plot details. And um, one is that we. See that Hibiki gets called in by a friend um, who is like very clearly like oh like these are the people from that picture that had that baby and now the kid's like four or five years old it's like oh I kind of got the vibe like it wasn't stated but that dude might have been like his mentor like the old Hibiki
1: mm-hmm. yeah I got the it wasn't same said
0: yeah um we see um a new character who is. Midori, who is fucking hot. (laughs) Like, damn. She's a smoke show. (laughs) Not that like every character on the show is a hot, but like she definitely has like a quality to her. There's this weird kind of like uh there's something to it where I was like, oh damn, like I'm like a little like flustered. Uh
1: (laughs) yeah. Well, it's not just because, you know, obviously she's really, really pretty, but she also is extremely intelligent and you know, very capable with all the, like, engineering and electronics she does. And, you know, she treats everybody around her like they're an equal. And, you know, she just, she's someone that even if you weren't, like, attracted to her physically, you would want her in your life. Like, she seems like one of those people that would just be really nice to be around. And, you know, she totally exudes that kind of calm energy that a lot of people are looking for. So. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it because I was the same way. Like as soon as she came on screen, I was like, oh, OK. And definitely followed her the entire, you know, story arc just because I felt like every scene she was in, she kind of just lit it up.
0: There's this great scene, too, where like after the first day of school, Madochi um, had basically said to Lulugasu, oh, like, I like really like you. He's like, oh, all right, well, I can't hang out today. <laughs> And then he, like, (laughs) then she shows up after he said they weren't going to go there. And, like, he didn't want to hang out. Like, you see, like, Oscar be like, oh, no, like, I'm not here with this woman. (laughs)
1: Like, Uh, because I don't like you. (laughs) It it was so much fun because it very much looked like a, uh, you know, a boyfriend caught doing something he wasn't supposed to do. Um, And I thought that that was so much fun because there is so much, like, unspoken tension between them. And the fact that he very much reacted like he thought he was doing something wrong, even though, you know, by technical standards, he wasn't. That was just such a fun little side storyline to watch them play out.
0: But also, like, Midoriya this he's like, what's going on? Like, it's super clear we're not, like, messing around, like, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. Uh, And yeah, um, the Plague Doctor... Gives a spiky ball to the parrots, and that's where the episode like ends there. Where there's that um whole fight scene where part way through the parrots turn into armored forms that can withstand his attacks, and they beat the crap out of key Like they like just like right. knock him down, like win the fight. And um the next episode is just like um the aftermath of like that, like, hey, they got armored forms. What do I do? Like, I got like rescued by falling down, I'm going to one question for you, actually, um, is the other woman in the opening supposed to be Hanaka, like the younger sister? Cause like, she's there with Madoshi, like the high school, like crush. And mm-hmm. I just assume she was her mom, but is she just wearing an outfit that makes her look like 20 years older?
1: And that's such a hard call because like nothing about her character in general screams like she would, intentionally be in that role but the way that she's kind of like painted appearance wise I don't know
0: that's that's her the opening right
1: yeah yeah and that's why it's kind of difficult to tell like what nothing like her was yeah it's it's weird
0: was it Mindy Kaling who like had that haircut in the office where she looked like she was like 30 years older than like next season she looked like way younger or something
1: yeah yeah the very first season i believe it was where she's like all you know buttoned up and you know has her hair up in a bun and everything and and she looks like much older than she is and then her character ends up transitioning into like a valley girl and you know plays everything off is not serious at all so yeah i mean that might have exactly been what happened like they had one aspiration for the character and then she kind of turned into something else as time progressed.
0: Yeah, because she just looks nothing like she does the opening. wait like right. This whole time I was like, oh, is that going to be like her mom's going to show up in this show? And it's like, oh, that's Hanaka. Like I like randomly like realized at start of episode 12 that it's supposed to be her. Um, but the last episode ended with Asumu like falling through a hole to this whole like secret lab. And the secret lab is so cool. It's like very much like all stuff we know, but it's all different and weird. It's like one of the better secret lab scenes that I've seen in like fiction, like it's like very well done.
1: Yeah. I have to agree with you. And not only that, but just how open she is with him. Once he finds a lab, like I, I feel like in a lot of the story sequences, even if like eventually it cools down, you initially have like the, the main lab person, like being upset that their space was infringed upon, but she just like from the start, like welcomes him in and starts. <sighs> Explaining things to him and answering his questions. It's the whole interaction is very
0: sweet because there's not like there's not this presumption of like mistrust that I think is in a lot of like American media. Like in this lab, there's like more pictures of like people with Hibiki, like in frames like, oh, this is like there's a lot of these. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think that that was very important to the story also just to kind of put into context for him that like yeah he is special but that's kind of just Hibiki's character to to love people to kind of bring them into his world once he cares about them so that he kind of understands that it's not like just a uh, a one-off thing And, you know, that's nice to realize about someone that you idolize that like they find people in general special, not that it has to be like one or two people out of their entire sphere.
0: Yeah, this arc has like one of the best things about like this whole show is the way it like nonchalantly will say, oh, here's all this stuff about the world that we haven't actually Considered how to deal with, and there's this point where she basically says, There are about a 100 Makamo a year, there's 11 Ani in this district, there's more in other parts of the country. Um, yeah, we kill all hundred every year, but there never seems to be less. But there's less Ani lately, and there's more Makamo that are weirder and stronger, have specific countermeasures. It's weird, huh? <laughs> it's like, there's like you haven't tried to seek out <laughs> any kind of longer term solution, just A hundred every year show up. Yeah,
1: that was one of the things that was in my notes. And that was another thing that I kind of thought about was, okay, you know about the ones that are in this specific region. What if there are more outside of Japan? Are there more fighters outside of what you guys know? Or is this just very much like a regional confinement? Yeah. You know just and of course, that's me going off into the bigger term logistics, like, oh God, now we're gonna have to find some of these in America and what are we gonna get a bunch of people that smoke and you know pop pills on the weekend, yeah, I'm gonna go fight some monsters, fuck them, guys,
0: I don't know, um, we only basically know that, like that there's like eleven eleven riders in the Kanto region, which is like the more populous region in Japan, but like even then, like. Eleven, let's say there's twenty five Makumo like in that whole space like a year. Like we've already seen like a couple years worth of fights happen in this show, basically. Like that's how bad things are getting at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, it's just like a very there's the way she says, yeah, there's a hundred every year, and it never seems to change. That's <laughs> like that's a pattern. <laughs> that's a definite right. issue to look at.
1: Yeah, and she doesn't seem that bothered about it, which is a little distressing also.
0: And, um, yeah, it's just there's something that, like, comes up, like, later, too, on this, that, that like I'll, like, break up when we get there, but, uh, just the next note I have is that is Akira out of school to be an Ani, like, I realized because she comes in and covers the shop, because they're all trying to, like, reset the house, and they're locked out, and they're locked in different places. And like it's like a fun moment that like, they basically do nothing this whole like arc, but right. like just report to base. They're like, oh, like, let's help out, you know?
1: Yeah, and and which is a really fun idea, but that's kind of what started my series of notes. Like, yeah, what are they doing with Akira that she is constantly filling this need for filling in for adults? <laughs>
0: that's kind of fucked yeah. up. I have, like, they have to be doing it on purpose because, like, they play it as fucked up. Like, even if, like, they're being, like, subtle and people are bad at subtlety sometimes as far as, like, watchers. But I feel like, like, with an active watching, you're like, oh, wait, huh, there's something going on here.
1: Right. And also, where are her parents? Yeah, right? Insane.
0: It's the kind of thing where it's like, if there's no, like, incentive to her family, is she just, like, a hey, like, family that knows somebody, and they're like, oh, hey, like, we have a kid who, like, needs an after-school activity. Like, what's going on? Like, I don't know. But um
1: Well, even then, why is the answer for that put her on the back of the motorcycle of this 25-year-old guy and expect that he has good intentions? I'm sorry, what?
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't see it go wrong that way, but just, it's wild. Like, because, like, the way in the first episode's we saw Hibiki talk about how like he couldn't do anything else like this is like his way and like knowing how much issues people have with the stratification in japanese society today it's like okay there's definitely maybe there wasn't a place and there's definitely something to be said about like how strongly we see the like asimo like chafe under having to take all these tests to get the right school to get to the right college to get Mm -hmm. to the right job like there's a real there's something going on here and i do want to see how they manage it with like oh and here's this person being stripped of all their ability to have a like normal life that's both a dysfunction of this group a dysfunction of society and also a critique on society that that's also kind of the case for like the other people too where they're spending all this time in school and these like different institutions where like the people we see having fun are like, yeah, we've left school and we're like hiking and then we die. Basically. It's like, are the Ani meant to represent like we're the people that like protect space for people to be outside of society. Is that like a larger, well, like I'm not sure, you know, like at this point.
1: Yeah. And I think for her that convolutes it even more because she could do all of that she could easily take and master all those tests like i don't feel like there's any school you could put her into that she wouldn't just absolutely kill it at um yeah. she's made this decision for herself to to step outside of all that and to take on this kind of outlier culture um so for me it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle that for her future because she isn't like the rest of the writers. She very much is someone who could integrate into that society and more than fulfill any expectation that was placed on her, but she's just chosen not to. So she's added a really interesting dynamic to that.
0: Cause she's also in the nice school where we saw, like it was very hard on the people who wanted to get into it, to get into too, you know?
1: Right. And she's shown in the past that when she's under pressure, she doesn't always have the most positive attitude. She doesn't always approach people the way she should. She's very down to business. She very much knows what she needs to do and she doesn't want anybody in her way when she does it. Um, so she has like all the foundations that she would expect for someone that was going to be like the next up and comer. But she's just chosen to apply that in a very different way. So it's it's a very interesting character to have in the middle yeah. of
0: all this. And also just, like, the fact that, like, she's a, like, woman and, like, they're, tr- like, I don't know if this show is going to show us, but I know that even to this day there aren't per capita or, like, the right way, like, that many female writers. So, like, it's right. another part, too. It's like, okay, like, there's all these ways that, like like, even if they're not embarking on them, like, they are definitely, like, making something clear with her. And I, like think they're doing it for the right reasons and with the right critique in mind, but
1: yeah, it definitely seems to be because there isn't any point where, you know, any of the writers like talk down to her or try to like put her in her place or, or, you know, do anything that would be like outright misogynistic. Um So it yeah. shows that they recognize her capability So I I think that that definitely will lead to a very um, unique story arc for her in the future.
0: No, yeah. And like, I think like that's the fun. That's why a lot of teens are in superhero stories, too, is because it's like they're not adults, but they're not kids, but they are kids, but they are adults. So it's like that's the fun of it. Like
1: that weird transitional period. Yeah.
0: The fact, though, that there's adults and institutions here does definitely have more to say i think than like oh like i have to do something because i'm spider man you know like it's got more going on yeah for sure that does interact later when we talk about like what age is and what your life is like as an ani and um but first let's like this fight scene at the end is a lot of fun just like hibiki sacrificing as many animals as possible to like run down the clock because he like Saw some video from one of the, like, the scan was like, oh, they're going to run out of time. And, like, that's how he beats them. But he gets, like, speared by a sword and he gets really messed up. But he, like, finally, like, makes their timer wear down and, is, and like, takes them out.
1: Yeah, I, I loved that as a battle strategy because it's just not something that you see very often. Because I feel like it's something that probably most people would look at and be like, Well, that doesn't make for very good like action sequence, but it was very tactical. It was very, um, you know, forward
0: thinking on his part. So I enjoyed it. Like he didn't get stronger, which like a more modern show might have done. Like, oh, now he has like super fire form. it's like, no, he's just fighting different.
1: Right. Yeah. He, He once again, he used his resources and made them work to his advantage, which isn't something I feel like you get to see with a lot of, like, action-oriented shows or movies. So it was nice to see, like, that unique thought go into
0: it. And, like, him running to catch up to the um, vagina tree, like, right at the edge of town is like, no, it can't, like, enter town and, like, have people see it. And, like, just barely killing your time, like, a lot of fun, too.
1: yeah. You can't let the vagina out in public, man. You gotta contain that.
0: Um, And the episode ends with the two teen girls both, they both say Asimu's name at the same time and smile at him. He's like, oh no, I got three girlfriends.
1: Yeah. It's a hard knock life, bud.
0: Hey, if I'm you, here's what I do. I start To flirt with somebody else, I just branch out and I say, All right. The dad. They both got a lot going on. I'm going to find somebody else. I'm going to, not the dad. Ooh, too old. Oh. I go to my friend with the spiky hair and I say, All right, dude, you want to make out? Like, these girls are expecting a lot of me. Let's just bro down. (laughs) There you go. Oh.
1: you're a problem solver. I appreciate that about you.
0: The best way to exit a love triangle is to find a hypotenuse.
1: That's, you know, very good advice. I feel like that is a top Sigma male advice. I would have never thought of that.
0: Yeah, it's, um, whenever you're in a love triangle, monetize it. That's my yeah, new 100%. Sigma male thing. Love it. But no, um, so then for episode 13, chaotic affairs and 14 devouring doji uh, we see things change up um, we see that now hibiki is like a special tactical like or like fast attack unit like where like he's going between different issues not mm-hmm. like going on his own things like he's basically like on call all the time and it's interesting like it makes sense for him but also it's like man they're super spread thin like they don't not have this unlock at all um,
1: yeah for sure
0: I wrote down Creepy House, but I forget what that
1: Oh my god, that's so funny. I wrote Haunted Mansion. It was the opening. There, oh, yes, was okay. up on this like almost southern gothic looking mansion that uh it has all these like black and white shots and really dramatic.
0: And like it's like interesting too, because like the play doctor is seen leaving it, which means he is in society. He's able to freely go. Like that's interesting because we never see that elsewhere you know
1: right yeah he's definitely a unique character
0: is this is like what i realized oh akira does not have a life because hibiki shows up to school to make sure that um they're giving her homework and notes but at the same time we see that like um there's some like stomach pain for like for asamu too or it's like okay like me sick it's like okay like there's a lot going on here like with like character stuff but also like the fact that you show up to your not apprentices school it's just there's it's so fucked up
1: yeah and describe him simply as uh big round eyes i that's shocked me so much i made a note that just said big round eyes but yeah that's how he was trying to describe him to his friends when asking about him
0: He is perpetually shocked. Like they pick like a very like boy faced boy for this, you know?
1: Oh yeah, he was perfect for it. I was just like, that's the only way you could think to describe him, though. Yeah, this kid the ground you walk on, and that's the best descriptor you have. Okay,
0: there's this kid. He was cast to look like a boy. He's here at this boy's place called a school. He's the most boy boy here. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> Hinaka is very excited to be out in the field. She's very just like, yeah, this is great. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, cause I guess she's like always like cooped up. And then but, <laughs> flat yeah. tire. Flat tire, yeah. When Ibuki creeps up on some parents that got the armor stuff, the like father goes berserk and eats the mother as well as the premature baby that hasn't like. Like gotten giant size yet And Mm -hmm. then flies away And they're like what the fuck just happened there Like, (laughs) What's this I've never heard this before That, Um, um,
1: That was Such a good development And The last couple of episodes that we watched I loved that character So much It was just so unexpected And such like a wild card to throw Into the mix I enjoyed the hell out of that
0: And I love how Um they find out pretty quick like what's going on but they're like oh it's a cannibal let's go where like the nearest like other monsters are and they're like in the middle of fighting like this like um dude named like comrade or like Danky, who's like design is basically like more a like more generic half hibiki half hibuki and just like oh like this is like a lot of fun like that like they made this like suit Probably just for this or like one other episode of like him having two scenes. It's a lot (laughs) of fun.
1: It definitely was. Paying attention to detail there.
0: Like he um, like has like his two parents get eaten. Troll giant monster gets like eaten too. And it's like, oh, wow. Like this thing is going hard, you know?
1: Yeah. Not given any breaks.
0: I really hope that like we see like a repetitive like stress or like a non rest thing happen to like one of the writers where it's like, Oh, you didn't have any time off. And like, you just like got taken out and like, maybe that's like what they'll deal with, like with a character, like that we see later, but, um, just man, um, it's like, just so interesting to see like this, like new dynamic forming. I'm like, multiple levels too you know
1: oh yeah for sure i i always love a new character introduction but especially one that is just so unpredictable and one that you can't quite exactly tell the arc of as soon as you see it because obviously when it's a new writer or a new villain you know exactly what's happened with them but when it was something like this i think they called it the deranged doji Mm mm-hmm That was just, it was something completely off the wall and something I would have never expected. And I just fell in love with that character just almost immediately because I was like, oh, he is just as apt to go after one of the bad guys as he is one of the good guys. He doesn't care. And that was just so much fun.
0: That fight scene at the end where like you see like Buki like having this like frantic fight while getting like bit and like getting like cut up and like bleeding from the neck. It's great, you know?
1: Yeah, and then he sees a cure outside and he like grabs her for a second and then lets her go. It was such this weird moment of like, okay, does this character actually have like an ounce of morality or did he just run out of time? Like what was the intention there? It was so interesting.
0: Want to hear my theory based off nothing? Absolutely. Okay. You have the writers, you have the like Makubo, both of them transform between monstrous forms and like human forms. Maybe she just didn't have that scent of being a monster, which the riders basically are at this point. She wasn't food, basically. It's like the same way that like this cannibal is like, oh, like I'll eat the riders and like the Makubo because they're both clearly like some kind of demon monster thing, you know.
1: That makes a lot of sense, actually, and once again, one of the things that I enjoyed i and one of my favorite things in any kind of media is a character that doesn't necessarily conform to like a good or bad guy trope, one that kind of has like a little bit of gray area, and that's not to say that that is enough to push them into either category, but something that kind of gives you pause and makes you think about what exactly their motivation is, and that's why I enjoyed as I called him in my notes, the DD so much just because it was Mm -hmm. interesting. It was just something different that I haven't seen in any other series before. And like
0: right after like the armor thing, it's like, they don't know what's up with any of this stuff. They basically are like, Oh yeah. Like we deal with like local pests," where there's like clearly more going on, you know?
1: Right. They're flying by the seat of their pants. They're dealing with something they have no familiarity with, which also adds a very interesting dynamic to the show, is the fact that now they really do are in a position where they're forced to sit down and evaluate what they're doing and how they're going to fight this.
0: Yeah. And um, they're the people that are going to do it, too. (sighs) Like nobody else knows. It's like, oh, yeah, like we don't know anything, but we're doing it great
1: that's right we're gonna go down to the vagina tree and get our blenders fixed and then we're gonna come back and fight this deranged doji
0: we got some more characters here because um when like Asumu gets like hospitalized um his mom is helped by this like dude who just like immediately is like super goofy looking like to the point where like oh he's definitely like a character it's like who shows up dressed like that and right. looking like that's not a character but uh the next episode like starts with um right after the DD, like um ignores Akira, fights with Hibiki. It's like a really good fight scene, like it like ends up like running away, but also it's like, oh, like this is like very clearly like a like markedly different thing that's like on like a different scale. It's like they mm-hmm. don't know what to do, you know? Yeah. And um there's my big like point for this was um, there's this point where Ichiro says they must be experimenting to make strong Makuma. I was like, what the fuck do you mean, Ichiro? Who's they? <laughs> do, can you answer that?
1: Yeah, I, I had the same thought, especially because I was like, well, they're not doing great at it, are they?
0: I mean, like you can't say they when you're consigned to a hundred monsters a year and you don't know who's like saying they implies so much structural all the bridges are breaking in america kind of level of just like ineptitude you know like it's like oh wow
1: exactly
0: just um Moshida knows the guy that uh his mom met um todiyama Who's a cop, and her cousin? I guess everyone teases Hibiki about making Asuma his apprentice. Um, and then we see the plague doctor um, make just a new pair of parents from nowhere, just like putting his like staff in the ground. It's like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to be very interested to see how his storyline plays out, also
0: a like great character called a wide shoulder boy. Like he's born. He's great. He's perfect. And they're also like made to be the stronger, like rhino kind too. where it's like, Oh, like very clearly there's something wrong too. And like when like the, like when the auntie see them, like they're like, huh, twice a hundred years. Huh? Like, it's like, okay, like this is like clearly <laughs> wrong. So two notes I have is that for Osimo he's almost genre savvy enough to know that when he sees a cool looking older dude, it's going to be a writer. Like, Why? cause he's in the hospital and he like meets, but not meets like Zanki there. Um, and one note that I forgot the context of, but I think Akira is just using your snakes to look at dicks.
1: You know, I would almost buy into that theory. Cause they always seem to be up someone's pants. So yeah, they were
0: up Hibiki's pants, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Second time they've been up someone's pants.
0: If she can't go to school, she can't look at dicks. So she has to, like, Definitely. find some way to look at dicks, you know?
1: Right. See if she would just go to school, she could just sneak into the locker room.
0: Yeah, she's probably like, okay, can't look at my mentor's dick. Don't want to look at that old guy's dick. Like, don't want to look at... No, and um, the whole fight scene, though, like, where the parents are fighting the the cannibal like one and the riders show up and it's like oh like it's like a very fun drawn out like fight scene of like they're basically like once the riders like join the fight they're fighting like a dying animal and it's like very cool like it's like just like very dangerous but also like it's clear that like there's been enough strife caused by this uh deranged like doji that like there's now evidence of more going on too you know
1: yeah and i liked when the writer showed up to that scene just because i for a couple of seconds had this feeling of well how is this how are they going to approach this situation yeah so it was it was kind of neat to see how they played out their whole strategy with that
0: and they like very nearly did not make that work like that like hinged on like a cure getting over her fear and all this stuff and it's like oh like there's like a lot going on there because like I like that the writers aren't the focal point of like a lot of the character development, like in this show so far, too. It's like, oh, like they're people like doing a job, like they're like plumbers, basically, but like who's important is like th- the people in their lives at this point, you know,
1: yeah, and i I agree with you, I like that concept so much because I feel like that's something that a lot of hero shows try to um encompassed just by having their you know main character say that they're doing it for the people but with this uh series it's very much yeah they're in the background like everybody around them and how they're living their lives is the real focus of the show and the, they're just there to make sure bad shit doesn't happen to them which i think is what a lot of like superheroes series try to put in motion, but never quite do it because they're always trying to show off the most muscle bound character. Mm -hmm. Um, But this show does a really, really good job of, um, highlighting that they're doing it for the reasons that superheroes always say that they're doing it. And that's really nice to see.
0: Yeah, no. Um, and just much more human too. Like there's not really a power fantasy, to like a lot of like common writer stuff in the same way. Like they're not enjoying necessarily like there's not like a scene of like Hippie going like Yahoo is he's like not like Mario, but like he's Spider-Man, like oh like ah, this is awesome. Like when he's like doing stuff, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, I mean when he's being common writer, he's doing it because that's what he has to do because he wants to protect people. He's not doing it because he thinks it's something fun to do, or you know, he's looking for any kind of recognition or glory from it. It's literally just what he feels duty bound to take care of, and that's I, I like that because it it plays him as a very um relatable character.
0: No, totally. Um, our last episode now. I didn't necessarily want to cut us off mid-arc, but I thought if we were going to cut off mid-arc, this was a good one to do. But we looked at episode 15, Weakening Thunder, uh, which is the first part of a like, two-part arc. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this starts with it looks like Asmus touching himself, and his mom reacts badly.
1: And <laughs> his reaction of taking so long to figure out why she was embarrassed was the funniest thing that I've seen in a while I just because it was so pure and just when he finally does figure it out and his facial expression for it that was just one of the best things I've seen in a while I loved that so much
0: yeah it's great next part would be though like um, the first rider fight that we see and it's Zanki eats a kid Then pulls out this, the most beautiful weapon of the whole series has to be this guitar. It looks gorgeous. It's like whole like main part of like the blade, like lever, like cover. It just is like, so great looking. And then like when they both transform, become like naked lightning boys. It's like, Oh, like it's like, they look so cool. Like immediately.
1: Oh yeah. And first off the guitar reminds me of something that you would have seen in like 80s bands. Like Motley Crue or something. Second off, yeah, that transformation scene was brilliant. I I thought it was one of the coolest things that we have seen
0: up until this point in this season. And for Zenki though, um, he's like retiring or like older, but like he's not badass. Like he's like, oh, my knee is shot. I like can't do anything that puts pressure on it. Like I'm very clearly like I'm done. Like there are like much older characters than him that like are like retire, like dealing with like different injuries in like I'm um, rider who like are way more able than him. Like he's not co- like shown as like cool in like a, like certain way. Like he's shown as broken down, which like is really great here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's very much that, uh that Skyrim joke about the guard that took an arrow to the knee.
0: Yeah. <laughs> totally! I
1: I like that about him I like that they show him as someone who you know not the oldest hero that we've ever seen but definitely someone who feels like especially against younger writers is feeling like maybe his time is coming up and he plays it in a very human way which is fun to see even if you kind of want to shake him and be like dude you, you still got some good time ahead of you like take an Advil and walk it off bud
0: and like basically like a like um pr- like professional like sport like professional soldier thing is I think he's like only in his like early to mid thirties at this point, like he's maybe like thirty four i think mhm, and like he looks older because of his leather jacket and glasses, but still like he's like he's like under forty definitely, like I think like the oldest writer in this series is like. 37 and he's like a different dude so like I'm guessing like think he can't be like over 35 you know which right. like isn't that old but like if you're going by like being in the NFL or like being in like a war zone kind of thing that is kind of old you know
1: yeah I mean if you're doing something like they are to be fair where your body is constantly taking abuse then yeah you are gonna age a lot quicker and, and feel your age on a lot more physical level oh, than yeah. most people would. He, he's, um, aside from just the Skyrim guard, he's also uh, Danny Glover and Lethal Weapon. I'm getting too old for this shit. So, you know, I don't live in his body. So I can't yeah. say for sure. He still seems young to me, but, you know, I haven't been fighting monsters for the past two decades either. So what do I know?
0: He definitely reminded me of like certain wrestlers, like where it's like, oh yeah, like my knee shot, I can't wrestle anymore. Like, even though I'm like, it's super great like shape and i'm like in my 30s like you know it's like oh yeah like, i can't do that
1: exactly one of those situations where yeah i look great but you don't really been on percocet for the past 15 years either so
0: and like it's interesting too because um there's this point uh where i think hibiki says maybe or like i'm like not sure like who but says like oh like the only thing left for you like now, like, um, is to become like an Ani, like, here, and it's like, oh, okay, she's 15.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then also tells her, like, you know, take your time. You guys are already pushing her into being an adult. Like, don't tell her to take her time while you're already dragging her around to all your adventures, bud.
0: Like, you can't, in front of any kind of teen child ever, you can't say, no pressure, but isn't this the coolest shit? or even, like, the most, like, responsibility, like, she's definitely craving as much status and, like, adulthood as she can. You can't in any way make her... You can't make that decision be entirely on her shoulders because, of course, she's going to want to be, like, I'm 15, like, that's when you have people that, like, want to get married, want to have sex, like, want to go be an artist or something it's like like not like you can't do those things but also like you want to define yourself it's just like a bad time and like that is like the central like kind of like hypocrisy of like the whole order i guess but you know
1: yeah no i agree with you and and that's kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier we with them saying Oh, no, she can't be a hero yet. She has to wait until she's older, but all the while strapping her with all the responsibilities of a hero without really training her in any way to defend herself when things come up. It's kind of unfair. Like, it's a very unbalanced situation that they've put her
0: in. You should probably wait till you're older, but we're not stopping you. Also, hold my back. There's a lot of small stuff going on, like, here, too, where, like, um... Toriyama is like thinks that Zanki's like super cool and super great at this and like isn't willing to like see that he very clearly like almost got killed by like the like larger monster because like he couldn't use his leg for like any like pressure on it basically and like mm-hmm. um this whole scene of like being mad at him in the car and like in the parking lot like when he finds out like he's like retiring um there's like great scene at the end where like he wants to talk to Zanki, but he just like ends up offering him gum. And it's like, <laughs> oh, this is great. This is perfect. My favorite scene in the episode, and I have extensive notes on this one scene, is um, Toriyama calls the shop and Hinaka's like, hey, you've been exposed to a deadly poison and my cervix is the only cure. Fuck me. <laughs> Come over <laughs> here right now. like she is so down fucking bad for this dude immediately like hey there's like a new kind of like makomo that like you need to come learn how to like fight it's called the beast of two backs like please come here just like she's so into this dude and it's not even like subtle and it's not even like he doesn't know he's just like please my master is (laughs) retiring <laughs> please let me grieve be horny later but like she's so like I love it because like she gets to be but I also love it because like he's just like please I'm trying to figure out how to fight monsters and my masters retire like it's just so funny to me
1: yeah for sure and even more so because I just kept waiting for her to be like and I can show you the monster with two backs if you know what I mean
0: I mean just it didn't happen, but I was waiting for it He's such a—he's treated like a big oaf character too. He's like he kills one of the monsters like through like a rider punch, which is like implied. Like he has like super strength or something, or like he like destroys like a boulder. It's like oh, like he's like the young, big, dumb dude, and just like I love how down bad she is for him. It's great. Um,
1: yeah, the last thing you'd expect, but that's what makes it all the more hilarious.
0: And um, there's like a scene where um, the Ani goes shopping and like they meet like. Mr. Dashi, um, there's a scene where. Um, the play doctor has interference on the screen, and I took a second to remember that didn't happen anymore, so it couldn't have been my computer or like my TV. Like it was like the file. Toriyama um, falls into a bush and runs away rather than hear Zanki Anki is going to retire. Isn't the best we see that comrider like Sabaki called for help and he's in like rough sh- in like rough shape because he needs to like have someone else like come in with strains like he's too hurt or like his um like supporter calls and it's like oh that's great that like we're now seeing like this dude's like apprentice or like helper calling because he's like yeah like I'm like too broken down right now. I need, like, three weeks off. Like, we don't have three weeks off, you know? Right. They've also brought up, like, the strain of transforming. So, like, it like almost seems like, for Zanki, it's, like, just transforming is, like, hard in his body at this point from, like, the, like, long-term, like, stuff going on.
1: Yeah, which is interesting because I don't think I've heard that brought up to this point. So that was a really interesting take to have.
0: Hanaka says something like, Kippiki trains to be able to keep being an Audi. So like I'm wondering if like it's just hard to do. And like if you have like a like messed up like body part or like a like thing like that, it's like almost like when you have like a ruptured eardrum on like a plane kind of thing, where it's like, oh, if you have like a hurt like ankle, it's gonna get like hurt by the pressure of like going super here, you know?
1: Like it almost focuses the pain. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. And I could do that, honestly. That's that is perfectly reasonable. I know all the times that I train. That's exactly what happens.
0: And that's where we like leave this. Like um <laughs> there is a massive skunk Ani that is carrying like a like hurt rider. There's like a like set of parents that are like circling around like um Toriyama and like Zanki, but Like, it's very clear that, like, Zanky can't fight, and he's like, here, take this, like, please take the weapon, like, it's, like, your job now, kind of thing, and, like, it seems like next episode is, like, kind of going to be, like, Zanky pushing him from the nest and being, like, okay, you need to have, like, your, like, coming out party as a, like, as, like, your own rider kind of thing, and, like, it's a great place to leave for next time, but, um, I really like these episodes.
1: Yeah, me too. For sure.
0: It's great to look at now with like both like distance from it and also like looking as adults. Like I'm not sure what like 15 year old like me would have thought about this show as far as like, oh, um, what it's doing. But like, I kind of love it just like the way it's like clearly showing like a messed up like in like a structural way Hurting people like good guy faction, like versus like this this enemy they don't understand like even like the form of. Basically, it's like a lot of fun to look at.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, as I've said before, I always like when a hero comes up against an enemy that they don't automatically like know all this to or know what they're gonna do is like I I always enjoy when there's, like tactical elements to it and having to learn and like grow as you battle that always um, provides a much more interesting dynamic than a character that comes in and just kind of dominates a fight.
0: No. Yeah, totally. Um, my question for you though, Steph, who are your top three characters and what was your favorite monster design?
1: Oh, I actually have this all prepared. Uh, okay. So top three characters, the hot Dr. Midori for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, hibuki just because i enjoyed how his character has started to really develop as the show has gone on um seeing a little bit more depth to him that i enjoy um and finally the plague doctor okay. he just added such a fun element to the the whole bad guy thing that we've seen going on in the series so far so i i liked seeing him come on
0: screen uh in no particular order i'm Gonna say Todayama, he's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I like that he's like being set up as like the third writer in the show. Um I think um I'd probably have to pick Akira here because she's a pretty slow burn, but it's very clear, at least at this point, like that there's some intention to her. Right. Um I'm also gonna say probably kinaka because just damn is she a lot of fun yeah she's just like is like a very like not headstrong but like she's very like laser focused on what she wants it's like i want to go in the field i want this dude to come take me on a date right now i'm cute he's cute let's go just perfect what was your favorite uh monster design
1: uh gotta go with vagina tree monster okay just, you know, the marketing potential of that alone. I, I can't resist it.
0: I really liked the Otoroshi, which was the um, turtle rhino. Like It was like a really good out there design. It looked very different.
1: Oh, yeah. I liked that one, too. And honestly, that would have been my second pick had I not been able to pick Vagina. I say like a
0: strong showing, too, for the devouring like doji which was like a fun design but like it was also like just like from not being a big monster wasn't going to be like as much in the running i don't think you know
1: yeah honestly he was tied with plague doctor for me i feel like if uh he had gotten one more scene he might have been able to to take that spot but yeah he was definitely up
0: there uh and for next time um we are not to spoil it, but in a penultimate episode of sorts, that's all I will say. Um, we are looking at episodes 16 through 22, and then we look at episodes 23 through 29 on episode 4. But for episode 3, it is 16 through 22. And the reason I say penultimate of sorts is this show goes through a pretty massive shift after episode 29. That... I think we have a lot to say about. Uh but right now I'm very excited because uh we are now getting into the uh big parts of the show.
1: Awesome. Can't wait.
0: And that's def uh where we'll find you when you're uh not in the vagina tree.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh you can find me on Twitter at uh hat underscore sis on Instagram at nobody much or uh on my website, which is active now, arcademilitia.com. Um we should be releasing some episodes soon, which will be on the website as well as podcasts.
0: You can find me on twitter.com at JamesForge. You can find the podcast um at Com Ride with me, comearby dot com slash episodes for all of our episodes with platforms links directly. There's commonreferry.com slash merch, which is all of our merch with the proceeds going to the Trevor Project. I had to remember, but it is back to the Trevor Project now. Uh, And yeah, we are taking like uh, some questions, some comments. Um, We do want to know what your favorite characters are, like your favorite designs, what you think about um, what the show is doing. It's a very cool show. Um, And also um, we are... Listening as far as what we do in the fall. In the fall, we're kind of going to have something else going on, but also um, we are considering very strongly a backup show for the other podcast with me and K- Kopsuk Sipai too, where um, we may have a show just in case. Come writer, revises a little slow. or We don't like it because. S- uh, that kind of happened with Saber, where we were like, huh, <laughs> I wish we weren't watching this as much, or like we had something to more look forward to. So, yeah, um, there's a lot on the board. Um, a lot of thoughts on Sentai, um, but well, let's say after episode five of this look at Kamrader Hibiki, we'll have a list based on suggestions or thoughts on uh what could be good for our next series and then we'll like think on that f- from there but
1: oh, aren't uh you and Ellie about to do more with
0: sailor moon oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh th- that is true um just last week when you're hearing this uh the first episode of in the name of the moon i will podcast you came out that is a podcast <laughs> within a podcast that is a uh once every full moon there will be a look at the Sailor Moon original anime and the live action took out the series. So that, um, had his it, first episode. Uh, that's interesting because, um, we started a backdoor pilot episode 82 of come of me. Uh, where we covered the first two episodes of both those series. And for this, uh, first real episode, we covered just the anime to kind of catch up to where that live action got to. But, uh, if you check those shows out, it's a lot of fun to do a more limited run, a less occasional show. And, uh, there might be something like that coming up towards the end of the summer too. Uh, but for now, yeah, that is us. That is, uh, the three co-hosts in the month. (laughs) Uh, different schedule, but yeah. Uh, so at the very end, I have to ask, is there anything left? Is there anything learned? Is there anything experienced today?
1: Oh, God, there was a lot of experiences. Um, I don't know about lessons learned um, so much as just uh, we need to find a way to contact Ellen to get this vagina tree branding really going, I think. Um so yeah what we learned is we need a celebrity spokesperson so that we don't (laughs) appear uh, problematic to any group and uh,
0: work on that I love how it's Ellen for that Uh, but uh, her thing would be like just keep swimming but it would be like SCH women like just keep swimming yeah
1: I love that perfect
0: uh I'm being cursed with this mind. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> also, good morning. It's the six a.m. when you're listening to this, but hey, <laughs> baby, it's all fun. Good night. Good morning, and go fuck yourself.
1: Perfect.